some players particularly strong at home, other players particularly strong away. Mm -hmm. I mean, the first thing to look at is a player up in the top right-hand corner. Yep. Who is particularly strong at home and particularly strong away. Yeah. And it's... Uh Uh-huh. Now... You know that I'm, I'm just going to say that at the moment. So he mm-hmm. he's a, he's a real outlier. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 27 of the Attack in the Championship podcast. My name is Tom Busfield. I'm your host, and as always, let me welcome our resident guest. He's a certified data analyst. He's a scout and FA licensed coach and intermediary, David Bromley. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm doing well, Tom. Thanks very much. 26, 27, is it? Yeah, now? 27 now. It's more than half a year. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's gone so quick, hasn't it? Right. It's really it has gone, gone quick. quick. Yeah, it's been good admit. fun, though. Yeah, it's, it's definitely been good fun. We're learning a lot, I think. Well, we tr- well sure. you, might, you might wonder if we are, but we think we are. <laughs> Um, we're, we're certainly trying to that's for sure well it's a learning curve for sure isn't it yeah um, yeah it's um it's been it's been a busy week to be honest isn't it i mean both on and off the pitch in the yeah. championship this week isn't it it's um there's been a lot going on but uh we've been mm. digging into the the championship fans group again on on facebook which has been which has been good that's that's been pretty lively uh especially yeah. with uh, with everything that's gone on um yeah. I thought we could we could start having a chat a little bit about what's happened this week actually. So, Mister Beal being sacked from yeah. from Sunderland. Yeah, I don't know how many games it was. Twelve yeah, games. It wasn't many, was it? No. Nah. I mean, where do you see Sunderland going from there? Mm-hmm. I I don't know. I've I've been surprised at the way that they've handled the manager's position or the head coach's position in the last sort of few months, I've got to say, because we've talked about it and we like this, uh, goodness knows how many times, but, you know, they, and and I think we're both fans of Tony Mowbray. So we've, we've been yeah. surprised that when they, when they sort of moved him on, I don't know. I mean, they've, they've brought Beal in there and, you know, he, he's a strange one, isn't he? Cause he, he did so yeah. well, didn't he at QPR? Yeah. Which and it wasn't surprising that he was getting linked with this job and that job. And then, from what I remember, and maybe if I'm not accurate, I can get put right on this. But from what I seem to remember, he did that interview where he sort of basically ruled out any move and said that this is something that you know I've started this and I'm going to see it through and everything. And then, in a heartbeat, he's gone to Rangers, yeah, um, in Scotland. And then I don't think things worked out terribly well for him there and I'm I'm always a bit wary of making of jumping jumping to conclusions but they've done pretty well since he's gone (laughs) yeah Um, and then he he seems to get this plum job I thought and you know I don't know the guy I have no reason to criticize him or anything but obviously things haven't worked out I I I saw the last game as well I think they where they uh, got beat he substituted a player. I, I forget which player it was. He's come off, and the players come over as if to sort of shake his hand, give him a high five. Yeah, and Bill just blanked him completely. Yeah, and you saw the player was, you know, not very happy with that, as you wouldn't, because it's pretty disrespectful, isn't it, to to do that to anyone, let alone one of your own players. It's not a good look, is it? When I first got involved in football, like God knows how long ago, I couldn't understand the way that a lot, a lot of the time managers at that time 
related to players i.e you know when you're not fit or you're not part of my plans that you don't exist i used to think well look, if you're a manager your job is to sort of manage the whole thing and a big part Mm -hmm. of it is is man management and if somebody's not fit to play they're still part of your squad and one day you're you're you might need to rely on them sure and so surely you would have maybe even more of a relationship with somebody who was in that position in a difficult position mm. than you would if they were sort of there at training every day and playing. So yeah. I didn't, I never got that really, but no. I mean, that, that's one of, one of the things that managers tend to or have tended to do. I wonder if, whether they sometimes think if I get close to players in a mm. sort of emotional way, it yeah. makes it more difficult for me to be objective and make decisions that that they might find uncomfortable. I think you can protect yourself from making those decisions of of dropping people and selling people and what have you. But I still think if you communicate well enough with with people, you can still cultivate a relationship and have a decent understanding whether they're playing or not. Mm. But it just takes time and effort, doesn't it? And, and I guess that's a communi- a communication skill that you can develop. But maybe that's not always a thing that's that's done within. Uh, football or team sports i don't know no i think you're absolutely right i surely um it's better to have people whether it's in football or whether it's in any other walk of life to have a team who want to do well for you yeah. and with you than yeah. it is that that you're coercing them mm-hmm. and they've got no choice i mean i've I, I no doubt about that i suppose to wrap this bit up but you know you get everything gets overlooked when you win Yes. And everything gets hyper focused on when you when you don't, yeah, doesn't it? For sure. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's what's going on. And perhaps. speaking of and speaking of which of of winning and losing, mm. probably best to move on to Southampton next. <laughs> yeah, because they. I mean, last three games, it's been red light, green light, red light, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, they I mean, Southampton are a real enigma, aren't they? They're mm. such a strong team. I mean, they really are a very, very accomplished, dangerous team to play against. Mm. I've no doubt about that. I remember, I mean, I probably, I think I remember saying this before one of the previous episodes that I watched the first game of the season. I think they played Sheffield Wednesday. Mm. Um, and I just remember thinking, well, there's only one winner of this division, mm. you know, and it wasn't Sheffield Wednesday, by the way. Um, <laughs> But they were so. I mean, I think they only won two one, but they were so good. And like you say, the the last sort of what seven or eight games, well, even perhaps the last ten games, they've bossed virtually every game. But then, in they lost to Hull last night, didn't they? That's right. Yeah, um, which was a sort of rearranged game. They lost to Bristol City. Yeah, not not the game before, but the game before that. Mm-hmm. So there's two out of three games they lost. And yet, when they played West Brom in the middle game of those three, mm-hmm. again, they seem to be, well, I say they seem to be back to their best, but I still think in that game, I don't know what your thoughts were, but I think for large parts of that game, West Brom absolutely dominated the game. It was fortunate to only be 1-0 at, at half-time, I, I thought. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. It, it did seem to be that they kind of lost their way a little bit and then they made the changes and they brought Aribo on and, and Brooks as well, who's yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Way above championship <laughs> level, by the well, way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is the thing as well, isn't it? That the quality they can bring off the bench yeah. is That was is the scary thing for me. Brooks has just got that little bit of class and he took his yeah. goal really, really well. He did, yeah. Well, I, I agree. But I, again, it was like the game, the, the corresponding game at Southampton mm. against West Brom, where, again, Southampton went ahead. When they go ahead, sometimes they're not quite sure whether to push on if they're playing a strong team or a mm. team they consider to be sort of dangerous yeah. and, and try and get the second and try and put the game to bed or whether to sort of drop. And they seemed in both games as though they were pushed back. Um, now, I just wondered that. But, yeah, but, I mean, yeah, that, they're so – on the one hand, you watch them and you just think, well, that's it. They've got their act together. The results, I suppose, as – as, if you look over the longer term, they're formidable, aren't they? The last three, yeah, they've they've they even had bit. that sort of shaky win over Huddersfield, didn't they? Where they were two 0 down for yeah, long periods and they then did, yeah. came back five and, three, yeah, yeah, beaten five three. So there's there's signs of of a wobble, but yeah, what team what team is not going to have that? This season, especially you know, in this division, Tom, yeah, we always say exactly, it, don't we? Exactly, it's just, you know. What I what I do find quite entertaining though is in in the championship fans group there's some great banter going on and the uh, lot of Leeds fans in there by the way <laughs> lots right, of Leeds fans right. or the Leeds fans are just very very active in the group before the West Brom game or maybe before the Bristol City game where a lot of Southampton fans were saying oh you know we've still got a game in hand you know Leeds are out of it now and we're going to be taking that second spot and of course now it's completely role reverse and the Leeds fans are. are taking full advantage yeah. of letting them know that yeah. their game in hand is no longer there and they're down in, in fourth. That's got some that's that's got some time to run that battle, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I sure. wouldn't I wouldn't want to put much money on we had, know, the, the outcome of that. Did we have did we have Leeds finishing on ninety four and Southampton on ninety three? I think we had Leeds edging it, didn't we? Yeah. We had it by um, one point, didn't we? Yeah. At the end of the did. season. And then we had Ipswich on ninety one, of course. Yeah, we did. So yeah. it's um yeah, it's yeah. gonna be it's gonna be tight. Um West Brom takeover. Yeah, finally. Yeah, yeah. That, that sort of slowly, 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 quickly, wasn't it? It, it was all of a sudden yeah. just done. It very often goes that way, doesn't it? That you mm. hear there's a lot of noise when nothing's happening. Mm-hmm. And then when something's happening, it seems to go quiet. Yeah. And then because I think, you know, the explanation seems to be if you're serious, then you don't want to be publishing everything you're doing because no. you're trying to get something done and it, it benefits you to, to to keep it under your hat, really, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, when it went quiet, I mean, it was worrying, I think, for the, for the fans because they, you know, it was sort of people were tentatively putting out these deadlines or something's going to happen in January and then something like that by the end of January and something. Mm-hmm. And it was, it seemed to be in one respect, it seemed to be oh, just another disappointment. Yeah. But yeah, it is, it came about as, as a lot of people would perhaps say these things do on the back, almost out of, almost as a surprise really. For sure. So, um, yeah. And they, and they looked good in last night's game, didn't they? They look pretty they look solid. Very good. Yeah. It was a strange one, wasn't it? I mean, they've mm. been prolific. Nothing short of prolific Plymouth at home. Yeah. You know, with their goal scoring and they didn't score. <laughs> and they uh, they never really looked like scoring, did they? 
They didn't really. No, I think you... if you look at the stats, I think I think I looked at the stats at one point, and yeah, it was. Um, I, I think they didn't have much to, to really suggest they were going to score, did no. it? I've seen penalties given for less. Yeah, especially at home. Those you, you tend mm. to sometimes get those at home. You yeah. could you you couldn't have probably couldn't have really argued with it. If, I think if, if there's if, a VAR involved, I think that's given, isn't it? Yeah, probably. I mean, I think he probably made a little bit more of it than he needed sure. to. I mean, if he'd had a shot, if he'd have had a chance at a free shot on goal from there, I think he'd have taken it. And then, yeah, could things could have been different, couldn't they? I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, changes changes the outlook, doesn't it? Because I, I yeah. felt that Plymouth looked just pretty lightweight. Actually, they they looked like a team full of young young players. Mm. Uh, you know, some good touches. You know, I thought Giarby yeah. actually looked pretty good. I think he looks quite lively. Yeah, very yeah. technical, good on the ball. Yeah, uh, Divine did some good things. Didn't really see much of Whitaker. No, he you didn't really. really seem to get involved much at no. all, did he? Which which no. was interesting. No, um, but yeah, they just they looked like a young team who was still trying to find their feet in in men's football, uh, if if you like. I don't know. Would, would you say they've lost their way a little bit? Perhaps. Well, there was. I was trawling through the the BBC website, uh, looking at the comments about it. So I just wanted to see what the Plymouth fans were were you know saying about their their mm. team, and and one of the one of the opinions was that um since foster's come in the style of players changed and they're not playing attacking football anymore they've gone more pragmatic and they're right. they're trying to play the ball out and they haven't quite got the quality of player to to do that yeah um so that was that was their thoughts on it you well know, like we know they lost obviously as as yeah um yeah and Cundle as well Cundle as well yeah so you know that isn't going to be an easy one you know, no. it's not one they would have welcomed, is it? So no, um, no. I think Giabi and Divine look like very good players, and I think they yeah. will be very good players. Yeah, but maybe they just need fifty, you know, fifty games under their belt to, you know, really yeah. get them into into the into the championship. Really, it's that home form and and what they can do at home. They've got to. Mm. I think this season they they've been reliant on, isn't it? Yeah, and yeah, yeah they didn't, but they didn't really. It didn't come out did it last no, night I thought West Brom could have had if they'd scored finished their chances which I think is probably going to be the, the footnote of West Brom's season isn't it is yeah. if they'd taken their chances uh, they could have probably had five or six no Vyman I, think, I thought had two pretty good chances I thought the one in the first half yeah um, especially was a was a good chance I think a bit more composure you you more place your shot around the goalkeeper than than fire it straight at him and I think he had one from the from the corner. That was a n nice little sort of routine, but he skied that, didn't he? That's right. Remember yeah. the one where he pulled away. That's and right. Yeah, it that was, was a nice. They're always actually. difficult. They're hard to get mm. right. But yeah, he, and they had a few chances, and you know they're a bit unlucky. Jed Wallace hit the post, didn't he? And, That's right. Yeah, went all the um, way across the the goal line, didn't it? A couple of other chances that could have gone, but uh, yeah, I was surprised. You know, I, I didn't think it was going to be a a comfortable game for West Brom as it turned out to be. No, no, I, I kept waiting for Plymouth to get going and, and you thought that they were going to at times, but it yeah. just never really sparked. And, and maybe that's just a one-off. I mean, you, you have nights like that, don't you? The, the pitch wasn't great. It was, it looked a bit heavy. And, and again, maybe that just doesn't suit the, the more technical players. I mean, some of those guys from from Leeds and, and Tottenham, 
will they have ever played in a muddy pitch before? Probably I don't know not. that they would. Not, Probably not no. even in under 10s. No, no, I was going to say, not, I was going to say, not until, since they were real, really young, but even then, probably not. <laughs> not in a way that we know muddy pitches. No, no, exactly. Certainly was, not in the way I, I, I know looking, muddy I was looking at an old, uh, you get these sort of videos come up on your social media feed, and I think it was Derby against, I forget who it was, Derby Sheffield Wednesday been, or something. It would have been Derby, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the, the baseball ground was literally just a mud bath. Just mud. It yeah. was unbelievable. Yeah, but, but they were still, you know, still playing. They were still knocking yeah. the ball about. It was getting stuck in there and, and yeah. everything. But it's like, geez, can you imagine, you know, Mbappe turning up to a place and <laughs> playing yeah. on that? Hard it's to like no that. chance. Yeah, no, no chance. it would. Have, that would have been definitely the baseball ground. Yeah, I mean there was quite a few pitches that weren't a lot better than that, weren't there? But uh-huh. and as the game, as the as the season wore on, of course they, you know, so did the pitches. Yeah. So um, yeah, that was funny, really. Uh, crazy, uh, yeah. and then of course talking about crazy, we had the finish to the Ipswich Rotherham game. Oh gosh, yeah, that was I entertaining mean, in the in the chat. I tell you in the. Championship fans group. That was funny. That was good fun. Well, three goals away from home yeah. for, for Rotherham is 25% of their goals away from home. <laughs> oh, man. So, you know, that was definitely not foreseen, was it? No. I mean, and I know you'd switch... get something, wouldn't you? You'd well, want to get would. something out of the game. You score 25% of your goals oh, in one game and you get sickener, nothing. It's a sickener, isn't it? Yeah. It's a sickener. I mean, no, yeah, but... Such is the champ. I mean, you know, we keep coming back to it, but it's just, and it, I think it's only going to become more unpredictable, isn't it? Yeah. Because if it's anything like last season, it was around about now or perhaps a couple of weeks' time mm-hmm. when it just seemed like everyone just said, oh, well, to hell with it. We're just, you know, we don't want to go up. No, that's right. And everyone, everyone just kept losing. losing didn't and, they? Yeah. So it's going to be real tough to predict it. And we are going to have a little go at trying to predict something I know today but yep, yep. Um, and it's always against the background see I'm already making excuses I haven't even <laughs> I haven't even made the predictions yet I'm just lining the excuses up <laughs> well yeah. we'll move on from the from this the stuff this week then and, let, and let's go into that so again there was another uh post in the in the championship fans group on on Facebook Mm. There's a link in the description, by the way, in the show notes, if you want to go and join. It's a really good group, active group, loads of Leeds fans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Taking the piss out of everyone, which is which is quite good fun. Yeah. Um but yeah, one one of the posts was who's going to be top scorer in the league. Yeah. So there was loads of loads of interest because everyone loves a speculation, especially top scorer. That's great. So yeah. I handed it over to you to come mm. up with some kind of data-driven analytical approach. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you come with the with the with the results. Well, you know what? You did. You you sort of sent as you sometimes do, you send me these things through as a little sort of what do you reckon on this? And and I had a look at it and thought, well, yeah, I can have a look at that. And it was basically, you know, someone had already started the the chat or the the thread about, you know, we was going to get the golden boot this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it seems, doesn't it, on the face of it, quite a quite a sort of straightforward question. You can do some figures. We already know who scored what so far and everything. But I found myself going down deeper and deeper into this <laughs> into this rabbit hole. 
So we talk about analytics and data analysis and stuff, and and we try not to make it too sort of dry and dull. We try and, you know, we put a few charts up and a few, you know, league tables and things. I always think it's a bit like you're in the pub with your mates and you're talking. Someone says, hey, what do you think of this? And then you all spend an hour throwing in your opinions and and trying to criticise in other people's opinions and because we know stuff. You know, this, there are things we know about football and there are things you know generally. Um, and so there's some logic. Usually, it depends how many pints you've had at that point, but there's usually a, <laughs> some logic to the, to the argument, i.e. things like, well, we know things like uh, teams usually perform better at home than they do away. Stronger teams, teams higher in the league, usually beat teams lower in the league. Um, obvious stuff, all stuff we all take for granted. So that's the sort of logic that informs the conversation that you have in the pub. You said to me, "Well, what do you think? How, how might? What do you think the answer to this might be? Who might be the, the golden boot winner, and you know, who might score what, and what would the top ten or top twenty look like?" And all you're really trying to do is think, well, what things might affect that? Mm-hmm. And you're trying to capture some of that logic. You're trying to imagine that you're having that conversation with people, sort of semi-serious conversation, you know, where mm-hmm. and, and you would be used trying to use the same sort of um data as you would use sort of theoretically in the argument, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I started out thinking, well, okay. Let's pick the top 20 goal scorers so far because it's going to be hard for a player who's not currently in the top 20 to make in in what is about a third of the season is to sort of get themselves right up and, and to get themselves at the top. So I started off with the sort of top 20. Then I, then I tried to think the thing through logically, but the more I did it, the more complicated it seemed to get, the more the simple things seemed to be reliant on information. And what I tend to do in these situations is I, if there's if there's a better way of doing it, if I need a little bit more information, well, I better get that. So, for example, I started out with a top 20 and I, I thought, well, let's have a look at – the obvious thing to do now is to look at the remaining games for the teams that these players play for because there might be – you know, one player might be at the top of the of, of the league leaderboard, but his team might have played some of the weaker teams, or they might have played some teams that, at home where those teams concede goals in in away games. Mm-hmm. So they've they've had an easier ride, but it wouldn't be obvious to you just looking at here's the list, here's how many goals they've all scored, and we yeah. we talked touched on this, didn't we last last week? I think when we talked about. Um, you know, how was the, was it the week before when we talked about how was we did we think the league was going to end up? Because the right. games that are, you've got left are not even, they're not evenly distributed amongst all the teams. Mm-hmm. Some teams will have a, you know, inverted commas, easier or more difficult run in than others. Yeah. Well, that's going to affect the potential golden boot winner, I would have thought. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, so I ended up, I had to get all the remaining fixtures and then I thought, well, okay, I've got these remaining fixtures. What do I make of these? So I had, I, first of all, I thought, well, I need to look at if you're, let's say you're, well, pick any player really, but let's say you're one of the players in the top 20 
and you've got this team that you're playing in the next game and you're away from home. So you've got to look at how many goals does that team tend to concede at home? Yeah. Because looking at just, well, how many goals do they concede doesn't necessarily tell the full story, and I'll, I'll touch on that later. In fact, we've already touched on it because we've already touched on Rotherham, who hardly mm. score any goals away from home. Yeah. Nine before last night, nine goals away from home in total. Well, so and there are teams that don't concede goals at home, but concede them away or the other way round. So mm. you've got to look at you know for each of these the for the run in. Not only is it the strength of the teams, but it's whether they're playing them at home or whether they're playing them away. So that's all very well, and I sort of fiddled around and you know managed to sort of put things in place and got some answers from that. And that's quite a job, actually, but, you know, we it's done. So then I thought, well, that's all right, but then I want to look at how do the, each of these individual top 20 players, how do they score their goals? I mean, do they score them at home or do they score them away? And, and again, you might think it doesn't make much difference. It makes a lot of difference when I tell you some of the things I'm going to tell you about these players. <laughs> so I'm glad I did it, really. So I'm looking at if you're a, any player in the, in this list, who are the teams that you'll be playing? Will you be playing against them at home or will you be playing against them away? And what is your tendency to score? Are you more likely to score in home games or away games? Because the reason for that, of course, is that if your team playing a different style mm-hmm. away from home, then it may actually it's, – it's, chances are – it's going to damage your chances of scoring. But actually, depending on the style of play that you enjoy, it could mm-hmm. even be a benefit to you, couldn't it? Sure. If, you, yeah. if you imagine that, you know, well, we play we play a longer game away from home where we sort of sit a bit deeper and we play with one up and, you know, we, we try and hit on the break and we do this, that and the other. Well, your style of play as a striker might be more attuned to that than it is when you play at home and you've got, perhaps a bit more support. You, it's usually not going to be that, that way, but it could be that way, couldn't it? Mm. So, again, you've got to look at how does this player score goals? Does he score more? Is he more prolific at home, more prolific away? And then you look at a combination of the two. We've got this team. I tend to score more goals at home or away. We're playing them away. They are better or worse at home or away. And so you're kind of trying to relate the two. <laughs> and then I'm I'm using the, the strike rate. So I'm saying at home... I'm a I'm a striker for you know Sunderland, and my strike rate is the rate of of goals that I score as a percentage of my team's goals mm-hmm. at home or away, and that can be okay. very different. So all this stuff, I mean, hopefully that's what I'm really trying to demonstrate is it's just kind of logic. It's the sort of thing that you'd talk about maybe in the pub where you'd go, mm-hmm. well, you know, what are the things that affect it? You wouldn't just say, well, I think they're going to score more. You'd, you'd, there'd have to be some sort of a logical background to it. So, Depending on how many beers you've had, of course. Uh, exactly, yeah. Could, <laughs> Always could, going back to that rule. It could de- descend into <laughs> complete nonsense in, in, instead of just sort of <laughs> partial nonsense. Because, of course, the other thing to say about this is it's not going to happen this way. We <laughs> sure, know it is. Yeah. But, but, again, see, this is a funny thing because you think, well, if you're – and I'm only half tongue in cheek saying that because I know it isn't going to work out this way in the same mm. way as I know that the league table is not going to be the way that we predicted yeah. it. 
mm-hmm. but all you've got to go on is logic. Yeah. You, you haven't got anything else to go on. So even no. though someone might say, well, if you're saying it's not going to work out that way, why don't you calculate it the way you think it is going to work mm-hmm. out? But the only way you can do it is based on some kind of logic that you think applies to yeah. it. So anyway, there you go. I don't know what you, the guys will think and, and girls will think about. Some other words, it's, it was harder than you thought. Well, it was a bit harder than I <laughs> yeah, thought. It took yeah, me a yeah. lot longer than I thought. And I hopefully, you know, it's, it's there's some degree of sort of sense to it. So we've got this, um, of these 20 players, we've plotted them on a chart and we're showing on the chart where where they're the strongest. So I was t- I was talking about some players particularly strong at home, other players particularly strong away. Mm-hmm. I mean, the first thing to look at is there's a player up in the if you're looking at this chart. Yeah. Um, there's a player up in the top right hand corner. Yeah. Who is particularly strong at home and particularly strong away. Yeah. And it's Josh Sargent at Norwich. Uh-huh. Now you know that I'm I'm just going to say that at the moment. So he mm-hmm. he's a, he's a real outlier. These are the top twenty. So they are all players that you would say you would expect to be strong. Mm-hmm. So we're not. This isn't a representative sample of all the strikers in the league. This is just the top twenty. So they've already demonstrated their ability to to score goals. Um, but you know you've got players like uh, Morgan Whitaker that you mentioned earlier. Um, mm-hmm. Will Keane, Dan James, um, Nathan Broadhead, all kind of tending to score at a higher rate at home. And then you've got players like um, Aaron Connolly, Sammy Smodix, our old friend, mm-hmm. John Rowe, who are quite prolific away from home. So, you know, because they're above the the sort of average for these for these 20 players. Yeah. Um, and then you've got players like Somerville, Right, kind of where you more or less where you'd expect. Um, they're they're pretty good in both, but they're not they're not above average in either. It's a really nice little chart that. Um, yeah, I, I think you, it's, yeah. I remember you telling me about a scatter plot you did once. Um, that was basically just a, a general when you were developing all of these ideas. You did one for almost like all players, and there was a player that was. Miles out of the way of everyone else, you know. Like, oh, who's who's that? And and who was it? Well, it was Lionel Messi, wasn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. it's yeah. it's interesting when you when you get those outliers. Yeah. And you say, okay, are they an outlier for a positive, or are they yeah. an outlier for a negative? So yeah. I guess we'll yeah. we'll leave that hanging there and and find out. So yeah. Do you want to do a, a quick list up from twenty to eleven? Just maybe yeah. just say say the the names of the players that you had from 20 to 11 and then we'll we'll maybe spend a little bit more time on the on the top 10 or top 3 whatever you yeah. whatever you want to do. So in 20th place was Brandon Thomas Asante at West Brom. These are all non-penalty goals by the way. Okay. So I deliberately stripped out the penalties. Right. because uh, it can kind of, you know, skew things it, a bit. It can skew things a bit. Mm-hmm. So Brandon Thomas Asante scored nine non-penalty goals and We've got him as a a predicted thirteen goal finisher, yeah. and that that prediction at the end is, you know, the the marginal number of goals, increased number of goals that we expect him to score, given the strength of the games that West Brom have got left to play, mm-hmm. um, in terms of are they home, are they away, 
and how do the opponents in those games tend to fare defensively at home mm-hmm. or away? And then how does this player tend to fare home or away? So it's a quite a lot built into that. Yeah, and absolutely. again, I'm not going to pretend it's going to happen because it isn't going to happen, is it? But nevertheless, that that's there is at least some logic, and I think it's sort of you could stand it up on that basis. So that's number twenty. Number nineteen is uh, Steffi Mavadidi at Leicester, who scored ten at the moment, and we've got him scoring thirteen. So the bot the, the next two also are predicted to score thirteen. Jay Stansfield at Birmingham and Keenan Dewsbury Hall at Leicester, and. Again, this is related to, you know, number of goals, that, their strike rate for their club. It's all in there. Connor Chaplin's number 16, Ipswich, and him and Hadji Wright, we've got scoring 14 goals by the end. And then three players we think might get to 15. Dan James and Melissa Rayovic at Watford and Joel Pirro at Leeds. So mm-hmm. two Leeds players. Bit, bit of discussion perhaps for the, the group members yeah absolutely well I, I think whenever you've got two guys coming in getting fifth potentially getting 15 goals apiece uh, yeah that's a good start isn't it it's that's a very not, good not start. a bad start at all and we know that there's one name we haven't mentioned there's another as well, name, which yeah. i'm sure we'll get to later on well at number 11 we've got aaron connolly at hull who's who's mm-hmm. we think might double his tally from yeah, 8 to 16 hull are interesting and they are interesting. I mean, mm. this would say to me, and I haven't, you know, I'm not looking at the numbers. I'm just looking at the outcome. But this would say to me that given his strike rate for the for the club and given where they're playing their games, i.e. home or away, and his strike rate home or away, and the strength of the teams that he's, they're playing home and away, there's some opportunity in there for him. Purely based on you know history for the, from this season's performances, yeah. so we we are making an assumption that you know, in a way, the past will the future will be like the past. But mm-hmm. again, you you have to you have to make some assumptions, don't you? Otherwise, yeah. you can't get anywhere with it. He'll be quite happy as well having the likes of Carvalho, Philogene, and and Zaruri. You would think providing some some ammunition to him as well, wouldn't he? You would, you would think. I think two of them scored last night, didn't they? They did. Yeah, I think they were yeah. all they were all involved in the goals. I, I think I noticed Aruri mm. and um, was it Carvalho scored? Yeah, and then Philogene got. I think he got an assist last night. Right. Yeah, so, they're um, you know they're they're uh, it's exciting times on the Humber. I it think. Certainly is. I would say, actually I should have said one other thing as well, which is I was wor- worrying about. There's a player in particular in here who mm-hmm. is current as injured now. Right. And I was thinking, look, what do I do? Do I kind of remove the player who's injured because we're not sure if he's going to play? And then I thought, well, actually, it, then we sort of we're dismissing his performance in a way. Right. We're we're ignoring what he's done up to now. So I thought, no, put them in there. This is all based on the on the assumption. And again, this isn't going to happen, but we we can't do it any other way. That all these players are going to play all the minutes that are yeah. available to them. Mm-hmm. So it assumes even this player who we'll mention in a minute, who we know isn't going to play all the minutes, mm-hmm. it's it's saying based on your previous performance and based on what's coming up, if you played every game, then this is what maybe you could achieve. 
The top 10, number 10 is Nathan Broadhead at Ipswich, who we reckon might get another six goals. No pressure on him. No, not at all. No. <laughs> but I mean, from last night, he didn't score. Funnily enough, none of, I thought to myself, because I did a lot of this work leading up to yesterday, and I thought, mm, we've got four games going on last night. I'm going to have to update this. But none of these players scored last night. <laughs> there were only four That's games, crazy, but there were quite a few goals, and none of these players scored. Yeah. But, um, it did, I did update it because it, it, it did affect it because their goals per 90 was affected if they played okay. and didn't score. But nevertheless, mm-hmm. they didn't score. So Nathan Broadhead is is, on, is at number 10. Ryan Hardy at Plymouth is number nine. And, you know, again, I mean, I don't know. He might look at this and go, blimey, what, you know, if I've only got 11 and you reckon I mm-hmm. might get 18. I saw it last night. Um, it looked like he could have played for another month and he wouldn't have scored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I know, mate. There you go. He'll score at trick next game. Don't you worry. Well, you never know. <laughs> so going in, going on to what touch back on what I talked about. Number eight, I've got John Rowe at Norwich. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, unfortunately, he did a hamstring, didn't he? That's right. Um, and he's not playing. And I don't know realistically how many games. If I, mm. I suspect he's going to be involved in some, um, hopefully he will, but. Um, not many, maybe. So, although I've got him getting eighteen goals from twelve, where he is now, you know that's going to be tough, mm. to say the least. Yeah. Will Keane is at seven from Preston, which is you know a pretty good achievement. Scored eleven. I've looked at how many goals I think Preston might score, and I suspect, and I could look at this, but I suspect his strike rate for Preston. Is going to be quite high. In other words, the percentage of the number of the number of goals his team scores. Well, Keane, yeah, forty home home goals. I think he scored forty six percent of their home goals. <laughs> Jack Clark's number six. That might surprise a few people because they might think, "Hang on, he's got all these goals," but um, he scored five penalties. Hmm. So, although you know he's got good number of goals, they're not all non penalty goals. He scored five pens, so he's he scored ten non-penalty <laughs> goals. Um, so he's in there at number six, and then we've got Somerville at Leeds in at five. Mm-hmm. Again, I think he's scored a pen or two, so that will kind of that that sort of um, downgrades your the, the the sum, if you like, a little yeah. bit because it it means you know you're. We're not taking those into account, but he goes up to 20 goals. And then we've got in number four, place number four, we've got Adam Armstrong at Southampton, who scored, who we think might get 21. Third place, this is so interesting. Yeah. This is so interesting. Josh Sargent from Mm. Norwich. Now, Josh Sargent, I could bet, I had to double check this, has scored more (laughs) than a goal a game. Crazy, isn't it? More than a goal per ninety. He scored three goals in the equivalent of three nine three nineties before he got injured early in the season in in August. Right. And since he's come back, he's played the equivalent of six games and he's scored seven goals. Wow. So now the thing about Josh Sargent is that he's had, you know, it was an ankle ligament injury and it was quite a bad one. Mm-hmm. So. The only thing 
not the only thing. You know, I've got him scoring 22 goals by the end of the season, which puts him sort of right up there. Yeah. But of course, are they are they going to manage the num- number of minutes that he plays? You know, is mm-hmm. he going to be? I think he came off in the last game, you know, on an hour or something. So it, it would be hard. At the rate he's been scoring, it shouldn't matter to him because sure. he scores <laughs> he a goal every anyway. 90 anyway. But, you know, that might be something that, over and above the normal sort of unpredictability anyway, mm-hmm. that might be something that would, you know, be difficult for him to overcome because, you know, as to say whether he's going to be still feeling the effects of that injury in three, four games' time, maybe they'll have to give him a rest. But, yeah, again, so I've assumed that these players will play all the available minutes. But that's so – I mean, Josh Sargent is just unbelievable yeah. what he's done. I mean, at home, he scored at a rate of 1.33 goal, goals per 90 minutes. That's crazy. It's just it? mad. And away from home, 0, 0.83, nearly a goal per 90 away from home. Yeah, not in many games. So the sample yeah, yeah. size is small. Yeah. But nevertheless. But he's, um, he's looked good, though. When I've seen yeah, him he play, look he looks very lively, very dangerous. Yeah, he does. So number two... Morgan Whitaker, Plymouth. Mm-hmm. These, these follow pretty much the top two. Well, the top most of the top five, apart from Sargent, yeah. follow where they are now. I think mm. so. We got him on twenty-four goals. Like you say, I mean, we didn't see a lot of him last night. So whether the way that Plymouth are sort of currently approaching games and and their performances, whether he's going to get those opportunities, I don't know. And go on, you can t- you can call out the winner, the the man who was <laughs> bound to bound to go back to being uh, average at some point or or revert to the mean, wasn't it? We he both was, yeah. It is the irrepressible Sammy Smodix of, of yeah. Blackburn, Top which man, is amazing Sammy. considering where Blackburn are in the league. It is, yeah, it is. It's, um, it's pretty special, isn't it? Yeah, and we've said, well, I've said there twenty five goals. He's got yeah. 18 already Jeez. and you know, it doesn't seem to be slowing down much. So if you'd given him, if you'd said Sammy 18 goals this season, do you want to yeah. shake on that now? You would have had your arm off. Oh, I would say. Had your arm yeah, off. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If he gets Absolutely. to 25, that's something else. Because he's not really an outright centre forward. No. Is he? No, he isn't. Not really. I mean, I'm, no. I'm, I know he's playing further forward, but. He's not, you know, somebody that you would have necessarily picked out at the beginning of the season. Not at all. But um, I think you you said yourself, didn't you, that they've had, you know, Smodix and then you've got Berrett and Diaz. You've had, yeah. um, was it Adam Armstrong? Was yeah. he at Blackburn as well? Yeah. yeah. So they get these prolific they do. strikers, don't they? They do, yeah. It's um, it's bizarre. Somebody seems to take the mantle every season or yeah. has done for the yeah, last sort of three seasons. Yeah, really do. So, um, whether you know, I wonder if maybe you could explain that if you looked into it. I don't know, but that even sounds so. like a question to ask yourself, David. That one, yeah, God, yeah. <laughs> it's more work for you, mate. That's all yeah, I need, isn't it? all I need is for <laughs> me to be giving myself questions to answer as well as all the others, yeah. But, um, yeah, so that's look, in answer to your question, that's what we sort of think, yeah, might be the final outcome so i like i really like that bubble chart though and i love the fact that we've got you know a complete outlier there 
yeah. in, in Josh Sargent. And and yeah, the disclaimer, you know, the fact he hasn't played that many minutes, but I've got to say, when I've seen him play, yeah, he's looked different class to yeah. to a lot of the centre forwards in in the division. I mean, he's an international, you know, he full is, international yeah. player, isn't he? And yeah, um, so we shouldn't be too surprised. Well, no, but I mean, yeah, he's gonna if Norwich are gonna have maintain this sort of relatively late run mm. I think it's going to come because especially because they've lost um, John Rowe yeah they're going to need I think they're going to need him to maintain probably something like that sort of form sure. I mean I hamstrings are usually I would say a four week four week thing at least you know, possibly well, longer depending so, how bad it is so Rowe did the hamstring and he did yeah. the ankle ligaments. So Yeah, so I, yeah. I would expect Rowe to be out for at least four weeks, maybe yeah, longer. I would yeah. And it's you, and you he, know better than me on that. He's but. quite an asset. So do you want to be you know, rushing him back too quickly and, and causing an, a, a relapse and, and what have you? Because that if you're the manager you do, because yeah, you want to go you, up. <laughs> if you're the if you're the yeah. finance yeah. You, uh, you want him to sit on the bench for a bit, don't you? Yeah, well, I get that. And you know, the physio's probably saying, or, oh, you know, mm. don't overdo it. But yeah. that'll be the interesting thing, wouldn't it? Yeah. If, if Norwich are around about, you know, within three, four points coming into the last 10 games or, or whatever. Yeah. And, um, and it's touch and go, do we bring him back or, or don't we? Yeah. The manager's going to be hammering on that physio's. Door, yeah, it? you'd think, wouldn't you? I'll tell you one thing I did notice that I thought was very strange. Jack Clark's home goals, well, I might say they're poor. In relation to what we're looking at, he scored, yeah, 0.13 goals per 90 at home, which is very, is by far, is the lowest of all of those players. Yeah. Mavadidius also scored what 0.14 per 90. Mm-hmm. So they're not scoring goals at home, either of those two. No. But they're scoring at the rate of almost a goal every other game away. Gotcha. So they seem to be, yeah, they seem to be, for some reason, you know, whether it's whether it's just coincidence or whether there's yeah, a reason a for it. Change of role or something like that. Like Because ordinarily you'd, you'd expect it to be the other way, wouldn't you? But that's yeah, why I oh, said sure. earlier when I was talking about it, you know, Morgan Whitaker scored three quarters of a goal or two goals every three games at home, mm. yeah. but only a goal every three games away. So it's what you'd that's expect, sure. twice as twice as prolific at home as you'd expect away. And that's mm-hmm. that's not unusual, is it? That's no. where you would, again, if we're sitting in this mythical pub and talking about, well, this and that, and we've got these games coming up, and we'll be saying, well, yeah, but they're at home, so they, you know, they'll be scoring at a higher rate. That's what you'd expect. Yeah, so anyway, that's our that's our two penneth on that. Nice one. And we, we did also mention that we might dig into a few players who are a bit overrated, didn't we? Because we looked at yeah. underrated a bit last year, uh, last week, didn't we? We looked at the the hidden gems in the league. He did. So who were uh, let's let's just say three or four players who you found to be sort of most overrated in the in the league, David. If you remember the previous one, we got another one of these bubble charts, these scatter plots. We've tried to come up with a figure of how many how many goals less than would have been expected mm-hmm. these players have 
you know, have, have scored or, or have scored really, um, yeah. or been involved with because we've got assists and goals here. And down on the left hand side, unfortunately, is the place you don't want to be. So this is right. fewer home goals than expected and fewer expected assists. Sorry, fewer goals than expected. I'm trying to remind myself as I go through this. <laughs> this is both fewer goals than would have been expected based on your expected goals against your actual number of goals and yeah. fewer assists than would have been expected based on this is the number of assists you've been accredited with compared to yeah. the number of assists you've actually really been involved with. Gotcha. And we've got Sinclair Armstrong, I'm afraid, who's sort of top of the tree in this regard. Okay. Who you know, is not where you want to be. No. And then, and I know that a lot of people have been talking about how do you write at Coventry and how, you know, he scored a few goals. There's no denying that. Mm-hmm. But he's had a lot of chances, especially when he first came and he, yeah. and it, it, things weren't going well at all. So that's kind of where you don't want to be on that. Um, and then obviously gradually you can see there's been other, there are other players who perhaps worthy of a mention are Ashley Barnes, Matt Crooks, George Hurst, Wilfred and Didi. And yeah. then we've got the list here in sort of order of shame, I suppose. <laughs> Don't want to be too critical of them, but Sinclair Armstrong, we're sort of saying, really, he should have, they should have scored five more goals than, you know, he's managed to. Ouch. Um, that doesn't mean he should have scored five more. It just means yeah. when you add together the number that perhaps he should have scored more than he yeah. has and take away the sort of undue credit for the assists, if you yeah. like. There might be a better yeah. way of putting it, and add them together, then there's five goals there. Gotcha. Um, had you write also on five. Adam Armstrong, funnily enough. Interesting. This was an interesting one because, you know, he's on our list of potential golden boot winners. Yeah, yeah. But, you know what this is really saying is look he scored he scored a good number of goals but he's had a mm-hmm. huge number of chances to score goals yeah and and you know we've looked at assists as well so where he's really um maybe sort of underperformed has been more on the assists where i think he's been credited with 11 assists mm-hmm. but he's actually his expected assists number is only 6.3 That's so right. he's, his teammates have given him a bit of a leg up there Seems to be, yeah, yeah. And then you've got uh, Giorgino Rutter leads in number mm. four. Um, that's mainly down to goals because his assists are pretty much where yeah. you'd have expected 11 assists credited against 10.3 expected assists. But he's only scored six goals and he's had expected goals of 10.2. So he's he's kind of, you know, not quite taking his curve. chances. Yeah. And again, well, we've got Ashley Barnes. Barnes is both both dimensions, really, but not over. You know, he scored three goals from expected goals of 4.8, so it's not great, mm-hmm. but it's not terrible. Yeah. But he's, he's been given four assists, and he's only got an expected assist of, of one. That's so true. got been a bit over-credited in that regard. Yeah. So, you know, you can work down those. I, I don't like to kind of, you know, it feels a little bit mean to, <laughs> you know, focus too much on these players, but. George Hurst at, at Ipswich is in six. Matt Crooks is in seven. Andrew Moran at Blackburn is in eight. Wilfred and Deedy is in nine. And Ryan May, how do you say this? May? Ryan Stoke. May or something like that? I May, know. I think. Do you know what? I don't know. Mm, 
There you go. Maybe first, we'll just mate. give the top nine. We'll get... yeah, maybe we will. <laughs> yeah, maybe we will. So it's just another way. It's just turning it on its head, I guess, and saying, yeah. you know, in the same way as you can have scored more than would have been expected, you can have mm-hmm. scored fewer as well. And in the same way as you can have created more chances than your your assists show, you could it can work the other way around. So yeah. Um, yeah, it's just little sort of dipping your toe in that, really. No, good stuff. It's interesting. And, and I think the last one was, if you remember, we looked at the teams that featured in those top mm-hmm. um, 50 players. Um, and you've got Coventry and Norwich. There's several teams that have got three players in. So in other words, these are teams that might feel that, you know, if you look at Coventry and Norwich, we feel maybe they should have eight more goals than they've got. because. Interesting. And that's only related to the players in that top 50. So theoretically, yeah. they could have, you know, another five players in the next mm. 50 who've also, uh, who should have had two more each or something, yeah. you know. But uh, what we know is, or what we can extrapolate from this, is Coventry and Norwich, Middlesbrough have all got players of, of, of where they've got three players where cumulatively they, perhaps could have added another eight goals to their totals. What a difference that would have made, eh? Yeah. I mean, I don't think – it's like Middlesbrough, I don't think we'll be surprised at that because – No. They've just just had poor runs, but they've been Mm -hmm. playing well in many cases. You know, so I think it's – this is almost a way of saying who's – you know, who with a little bit of maybe a bit of extra luck and a bit of extra, you know – application could be quite a bit further up the league than they are. Um, frightening to see that Leicester could have had another four goals. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, not so, but not so much. They've only got one player. Leeds have only got one player in that list. Um, you know, maybe that's a good reason why yeah, they're up, up the there. top there. Yeah, absolutely. So you could look at this more and more, but that's a little quick look at it. Nice one. We did have a few questions from the group, but they yeah. do take quite a lot of work to do, don't they? We we had one great question: like, who is the best player to ever play in the in the championship? Yeah, and I, I did say, you know, we, we've only got five years worth of data, and most of that is is team data, isn't it? So that's quite tricky for us. Yeah. to, to I do like on the a question. Short turnaround. Yeah, yeah, it's, I think really, it's a good question. It's yeah, intriguing. I'd love, I'd love to know the answer to the, yeah. to the question for sure. I mean, what we could have done, I guess, and, and maybe we'll try and do this, is, you know, our game changer score. Remember, we're we're predominantly looking at attacking players, mm-hmm. hence, you know, because this is what we do. But um, we could maybe we could maybe extend the the um, game changer score to previous seasons. I think mm-hmm. it's going to be hard for us to go back beyond further back than, say, the 2018-19 season mm-hmm. at the moment because we've got so much, you know, that we're trying to do that yeah. we could do it, but, it, you know, it's it's probably not it's, it's probably not going to be something we'd do very quickly. But we might be able to go back over the last, say, five seasons plus this one mm-hmm. and see who would come out on top of the game-changer score and see who we think might be the most prolific attacking player yeah. in that period but I don't, I don't want to say yeah don't worry we'll do that for next week because I'm not quite sure 
know how to go about doing well that. i kind of know how we would but I, I don't know how much sometimes again you you it's hard to judge how much work these things we thought take. top goal scorer was going to be easy we thought that we? might be easier <laughs> than it was but and it would have been it because the thing is it would have been easy just to go well look here's the list of so far and you know they've got so many games left he scored this much many per game so just do that and mm. and that would have been there's some logic to that but I think yeah. it, you, you just want to dig a little bit deeper, don't you? Yeah, you, you want to go below the surface a bit, don't you? Yeah, you want to try. Nice one. Okay, David. Well, that was that was good fun. I, li- I yeah. like that today. It was That was good. Uh, remember, you can get us on our uh, socials. You can uh, catch us on our YouTube channel. There's a link in the show notes here uh, if you go to the description. You can also get us on, on X. Twitter really is what we know it as. Uh, yeah. And of course, follow us on Apple, Spotify, any other podcast provider as well. Uh, just show support for the uh, for the uh, podcast. Just follow us there. If you have any questions at all, you can ask them uh, through reviews. You can put comments onto YouTube uh, videos. That's fine. Or, of course, you can come and join us in the Championship Fans Group on Facebook as well. It'd be fantastic to hear from you. Uh, always happy to hear some questions. And then we can just throw them at David and, and see if he can take himself down a, a huge <laughs> rabbit hole and see if he ever, ever comes up again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anything Thanks to add for, for this Tom. week, David? No, I don't think so. I, I think I heard somewhere, by the way, mm-hmm. that if you if somebody gives you a review, it yeah. doesn't matter whether it's a good review or a bad review, but that's a good thing. And okay. we're trying to, you know, as you say, we're we're just trying to kind of get some traction and, and mm-hmm. we're pleased to see that we seem to be, you know, popular with a few people. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess I suppose it'd be nice to get a review on one of these um, platforms as well. Yeah, Hopefully definitely. it would be a positive one. But, it's just it's yeah. just good to hear from people, isn't yeah, it? You know, it's always it good is. when we do get questions yeah. from people that come in. It just means that we're we're bringing content out that's going to be valid and, and useful for you and something that you can connect to as, as a listener. So, you know, don't feel, you know, this is for someone else. This is a, sh- a show for you guys to uh, guys and girls, of course, to get in contact, you know, ask your questions and then we can all be part of the conversation. OK, well, thank you for joining us for episode 27 of the Attack in the Championship podcast. We will catch up with you next week. See you soon. Bye bye. <laughs>